This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Welcome to Pardon the Corruption. Uh, joining me today is Kelsey O'Brien from the Dishes and Dime podcast, Basketball News, and of course, Raptors Republic. Welcome, Kelsey. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, let's get right into it. Uh, Ibaka exit. I know he was one of your favorite players for the Raptors. Let's start off with, was it a surprise that he had, that he left? Yes, I was extremely surprised. But then, you know, when you take into consideration that they won't actually be playing in Toronto, They'll be playing in Tampa Bay. It kind of makes it easier because it was, it feels less like a leaving Toronto decision and more of a, I don't want to play in Tampa Bay and I want to have like a home at least for a year. Or is, is that how you're looking at it now? So it's, it's, you don't, you don't think it's a basketball decision that he just generally felt that he has a better chance of winning a title with, uh, with the Clippers? I mean, maybe, but also you got to think of like, so Toronto, I'm assuming they'll be staying in hotels the whole time. They're not going to have their own beds. They're not going to have any of like the comforts of home. So when you take that into consideration, you can see why, especially the older guys who are used to their routines and things like that, why they're more inclined to leave. So, so not a basketball decision. That's interesting because a lot of people have, have viewed this entirely, not in the way you're looking at it, but as a as a purely thing that Kawhi wants him there because he's he's had a championship run with him in the past and he wants to replicate it. And the Raptors may be going through a bridge here and Ibaka basically said, you know what, I have a better chance at this stage in my career to win a title there. How much of you think is that part of it and how much is, is what, you're, what you're saying is the, the whole home aspect of it? I think there's a lot. I think a lot of it probably does have to do with thinking that he has a better title chance. But I mean, both teams exited at the same time last year. So <laughs> neither Serge Ibaka joining the Clippers is not going to move the needle for the Clippers. Yeah, that's that's true. That 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 is definitely uh, true. I, I don't think it's going to help them beat the Lakers. That's for that's for sure. No, it's not. I mean, if you're if you look at Serge Ibaka and think that he's going to be able to replicate what he does with Kyle Lowry with Reggie Jackson or Patrick Beverly. I, I love Patrick Beverly, but he's not Kyle Lowry. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the best move that he could make if he wants money now, because if they see him play without Kyle Lowry beside him, he's not going to get that kind of contract again. And, and not to mention Fred Van Vliet, a lot of his minutes came with Fred and uh, him and him and Fred in the pick and roll were a pretty lethal combination. I mean, obviously it didn't work against the Celtics as much as we like to, but overall, a lot of Ibaka's game, and Gasol's for that matter, was really the combination play with the guards. Yeah, that's the thing. And I mean, Mark Mark leaving is kind of the same. It sucks from like a defensive standpoint and, well, not, and from a passing standpoint. He's an excellent passer. But as someone who is like very anti-offense defense club, like 
defense wins championships. I'm excited for someone like Aaron Baines to come in because he's still got legs under him. He can still jump. He can still dunk. He can still rebound. So I think it'll be, it'll be a big change, but it won't necessarily be better or worse. Yeah. Well, what's about, what's the thing about Ibaka that you will miss the most? Like what, what, what is, what, what does his presence uh, mean to you and his exit? I'm, I'm sure it must've left a hole the size of a crater. Yeah. He just, he loved Toronto so much. He was fun. He was a, like, he was the one that reporters would always wait for after games because he did always give you good quotes. He's very, he's just kind. He's fun. He loves Toronto. And I mean, some of his on-court antics, like who else is going to try and punch Robin Lopez in the face? Who else is going to choke out Marquise Chris? So, Mm -hmm. And for me, man, it was almost like whenever you expected him to kind of struggle, he came through. I remember like him taking some of these deep threes, which were like, ah, man, this is a bit too deep for Ibaka. And he drills them. Or he takes one of these contested like pick and pops from like 18 and he makes them. Or he makes like a floater, which you didn't expect him to make. So even though you just bet, oh, my time's going to run out on surge, he's going to eventually screw up. He's going to play beyond his skill level. He always seemed to deliver in clutch moments. And my memory of surge is very much a clutch player over these uh, few years that he played for the Raptors, which is which is not, you don't have a clutch memory associated with a lot of players. And surge is definitely one of them. Yeah, his whole career with the Raptors was very, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, oh, okay, it went in. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So that, that was a, that, that was joy for me uh, these few years. It was like a chaotic relief at times. Yeah, and and even like announcers who used to uh, call the Raptor games, like U.S. announcers mostly, they used to look at Serge Performer and be like, oh, my God, this is the guy from OKC. He's still making shots. It was this, this delayed reaction that, oh, my God, Serge is still actually good. And especially after his stint in Orlando, where maybe his stock went down a little bit with the Raptors, it, it has tripled in value. It's like Tesla here. Yes, he is. Yeah, he the Raptors turned him into basketball Tesla. That's exactly it. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, Kawhi a little bit. So if you thought Kawhi leaving would hurt once, well, it's going to hurt over multiple years because he's going to poach some play- some uh, some former players and uh, Ibaka being one of them. We kind of talked about how Ibaka might struggle with the uh, uh, with the Clippers, with what's, what's going on there. But are you, uh, are you mad at Kawhi at all uh, after this little transaction? I mean, kind of. You oh. can't leave Toronto and say that you want to play for a championship contender when, A, you just won a championship with Toronto, and B, you're going to go and try and bring all of their players. That's Why didn't you just stay here? And, like, you leave for the sunny weather. Well, surprise, they've played their last two seasons in Florida. Yeah. So, yeah. joke's on you, Kawhi. You reap what you sow. But, I mean, I'm not mad at him. He wanted to go home. He has, I feel, earned the right to pick and choose his teammates. Mm-hmm. So I'm not mad at him. Hopefully he's realizing that Paul George was a terrible decision. But I mean, all the contracts are going to be off the books at the same time. So there's no, there's nothing saying they won't all come back. Okay. Okay. Nice. Okay. Nice. So you're, look, you're looking at, I, I love that trajectory. I love that thought. Okay. That, that, that's amazing. So with, uh, with Kawhi, man, like, I think he's earned in, with the title. He's earned enough leeway that he can kind of do whatever the hell he wants for the next. If he's if he wants to go ahead and steal like I don't know Norm or somebody else from this team and take him there, I still give him a pass because you know championships don't come along too often, and there's still a massive soft spot in my heart for Kawhi, no matter kind of who he steals from the Raptors for the next few years. 
Yeah, like as a Raptors fan, I'm a little bit annoyed. But as a basketball fan and a Kawhi fan, I'm like, you know what? Do what you want. You've earned it. You deserve it. All right. Okay, so not too mad at Kawhi. All right. No. But by the way, what about a bullet dodge that Paul George Siakam a couple of years ago when we had that deal on the table? Bullet dodge, né? Paul George is just... The jokes really write themselves. I mean, he's... It, what Indiana did for Paul George is like what Toronto did for Serge. Like they're not going to be able to replicate that ever. So, yeah. Okay. Let, let, let's talk about Gasol. News broke out yesterday that the Lakers, the Lakers had been interested in him for a while, but there was a cap space issue. And since they moved like uh, McGee now, they, they, they're going to assign Gasol. Uh, you and I kind of talked offline before this and I'm with you where I didn't see a major reason to retain Gasol. Before I explain my rationale, what, what was your thing about, you know, I'm, I'm not too hot on Gasol going into the year, which we're going into. Well, I mean, we saw his bubble play. And if that's how he plays when he's out of his element, what's he going to, what's a whole season in Tampa going to do for him? Right. Mm-hmm. And he is, he's getting up there in age. He doesn't, he doesn't have legs underneath him. He's, and if we're going to have a young core and a core that we are developing for the future, mm-hmm. he, yes, he would be good in a locker room, position but on the floor I mean he could teach them he could teach them to pass he could teach them to defend but outside of that that's really all he can do he's not the one that's going to show up in the big minutes yeah so I don't think losing Gasol hinders the Raptors chances at trying to run it back or anything going forward yeah, for me, it was like on, on both directions. It didn't make a lot of sense to me. And I'll give you the counter arguments in a bit. But from a Raptors perspective, you are entering this year, which you may not be competing for a title. I don't know if you agree with that. So do you necessarily need a 35-year-old really clo- not being able to contribute toward the cause that you are trying to achieve in this season? And from his perspective, you know, you're probably title chasing at this point. And if you look around the screen, the, the, the Lakers obviously are, are, are champions and that's probably a better offer, a better chance to win a title there for them. But from the Raptors perspective, I just feel like NBA minutes are the currency that that you have to dish out. And if you're going to give them to 35 year, a 35-year-old who's playing 25 minutes a game, that's a bit of a waste, especially if you're trying to develop any young talent. And not that there's any great center talent with the Raptors. Dewan Hernandez, I don't know what you think of the guy. But but I still would prefer them giving those minutes to somebody who's going to be with the team for the next three, four years, maybe. Exactly. And not only that, but I mean, I think he'd like his knees going forward. And like when he does retire in two years or so, and he's not going to have those if he's having to play like 35 minutes a night. Yeah. If the Raptors are trying to make it at least a dent in the playoffs. Yeah. So the guy they got in front of him, Aaron Baines, um, he's a guy that I followed when he was in Detroit. And I really liked him uh, there because he was this little, no, not little, he's 6'10", but a very kind of like a poor man's Kevin Love at the time without the three. That's how it, but now since then, he's actually developed a three-point shot. So maybe he is uh Poor man's Kevin Love. We had a video go up this morning with S who described him as a poor man's, so not a poor man's, a baby Gasol. What's your view of Aaron Baines's game? How do, how, how do you think he fits in with the, what the rappers are trying to do? I'm definitely not saying that he's baby Gasol. I think you're right when he's, you say he's more like a poor man's Kevin Love because he doesn't really have the court vision that Kevin Love has, but he can screen like there's no tomorrow. He, yeah. can, he can shoot, he can dunk, he can jump. He's... He's okay at everything. Yeah. So he's not great at anything in particular, but he's pretty good at everything. 
So he's well-rounded just enough that he can be developed under the Raptor system. I liked him in Detroit because he was, as you said, a great screen setter. Uh, and he could finish around the rim in these little tight little areas, pick and roll. You know, he's got a bit of an up and under where he can he can fake you once and kind of score. So he's not going to be spectacular, but he will be consistent. And as you said, like we, we need somebody to set good ball screens for Fred and Kyle because that's a big part of our offense. And he brings us that. Yeah, he does. And he was really good in Boston as well. So I remember I remember hating him in Boston, but now I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't. Wouldn't mind having him on our team, and now we do. So yeah, he's 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 one of those categories of player where whenever you play him, you hate him because he's so annoying. So it's good to have like one of those guys on our side. It's yeah. like the same reaction I had with with um, uh, Marcus Smart. I hate Marcus Smart. Hate him. Would love him on our team. Exactly. So Aaron Baines maybe is a poor man's Marcus Smart in some weird way. And maybe he could bring us Marcus Smart at some point if they still have a relationship from their Boston days. I'd never thought of that. That's that's a good point. Uh, DeAndre M- Bembry, what do you know about him? Not a lot other than he's cool as shit. What's so cool about him? Uh, he's he's cool, man. He's young. He's got like, he his Instagram handle is fear to fro 95 So I'm assuming that's like an ode to Ben Wallace, which is basically speaking directly to my heart. Uh-huh. So he's cool. He got into it with Marcus Smart I've seen before. He's young. He's just cool. He just fits like the cool future vibe of like O'Shea Brissett and OG. So, yeah. yeah. I, I I personally haven't seen much of him at all beyond just the YouTube stuff. So I can't really comment too much on it. So we'll kind of skip over this topic and and, and go to the other big news of the week, which was uh, the Fred deal. Um, so interesting thing about the Fred deal is that, you know, he makes less his second year because the Raptors want to minimize the cap hit. Um Kudos to the Raptors for structuring it that way because you don't see that that frequently that it, that that the deal kind of goes down before going back up. Yeah, that's that's like light years ahead thinking. I don't know. I can't think off the top of my head of any contract that I've ever seen where it does that and it does it so significantly. So I think that I mean going back to Gasol and Ibaka, I think that they structured Fred's contract that way, and I think that they there's probably a chance that they told Ibaka and Gasol in the meetings like, look. This is what we can offer you. We're not chasing another championship this year. We're saving everything for 2021. Take it or leave it. And I think they probably said that to Fred too, which is why he was agreeing to take such a small contract in his second year. I mean, not small, but much smaller. Yeah. And so I think that with all these signings, there's potential to get these guys stocks up, trade mm-hmm. them in the off season or at the trade deadline and then move forward to 2021. Yeah, I, I thought the Fred deal was nicely structured. And it also gives me a little bit more hope that all this Giannis talk maybe is real. Because now that it's being reflected in the actual de- deals people are signing and the deals that are being offered, for example, it, the, the deal that the Raptors offered Ibaka was a one-year deal. And I'm sure, I have no way to prove this, by the way, I'm sure under the table there was like, hey, man, after a year, we'll sign you again, but we need that cap space for, for Giannis in 2021. It just makes me feel that there's more to the Giannis thing that that would normally be the case. I think so, too. And I'm wondering, someone, I think it was Anthony Doyle from uh, from us, from Raptors Republic, said that maybe um, the Bogdanovich trade didn't happen because Giannis was like, just so you know, I'm not staying. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for Drew Holiday, but it's not enough. Yeah. And I mean he still hasn't signed his 
extension. He still hasn't signed a Supermax and it's what day four of free agency. Yeah. So things are looking good for the Raptors, not necessarily for the Bucks, but who cares? I mean, that, that, that tells you everything, right? I mean, if it's not signed on day one, that means there's a question of doubt and a doubt is all there's doubt is all you need there. And it's obviously not just going where the money goes. I mean, if it was, he would have signed at 1201 on the dot. Exactly. Or 601 this year, actually. Sorry. Exactly. So, I mean, all these, the Fred contract, the surge offering, Giannis not signing. I'm I'm hopeful and I'm a very pessimistic guy when it comes to the Raptors future. So when I'm hopeful, that probably means something, man. Uh, so so let's end off with uh, with contention for, for next year. Uh, Blake calls it a bridge year. Some people call it a transition year. Uh, and some people vehemently disagree with that uh, statement. They go that though the Raptors can still actually go back to the finals with the core they have. What are your views of this upcoming season? Is it really like, do, do you think we're NBA finals contenders? Would you put your cash on that one? No, a violent no with the head. Okay. No, okay. I think it's a developmental year. I think it's more to develop the young guys and see what we can do with them moving forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody expected the Pascal Siakam trajectory when we had our championship year. So you never know. But I think this is more to get a feel of how these guys all work together and how they will fit around a big 2021 star. Mm-hmm. Named maybe, maybe this year is about like auditioning to play with Giannis. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. And just maybe even just showing Giannis what could be. Because all these players are players that could fit well around him, right? Like they're not signing anyone. They're not trying to go for James Harden or Russell Westbrook or John Wall, who all won out of their respective teams. They're saying, you know, this is a a very insertable lineup. Mm -hmm. It's very malleable for sure. Yeah, that's the word I said before. (laughs) So the the, the one person uh, that everybody asks me to ask you about, because you seem to be know a lot about them, and we'll end off with this person. So I'm going to give you a few minutes to just tell us everything you know about this guy and why we should be excited. Okay. Paul Watson Jr. Oh my gosh. Okay. I love Paul Watson Jr. I remember watching him the first time, the first, the home opener for the 905. And I was like, this guy's going to be special. And then he signed a 10 day with Atlanta. And I was, I thought, okay, this is like, he's gone now. They're, they're going to see what he can do. And they're going to pick him up for the rest of the season. And they didn't. So then when he came back to Toronto and he came back on a two-way contract, I was ecstatic because he's so ready. And he he told me that he almost gave up on his NBA dream after, you know, um, some things. His third year in the G League didn't look like it was really working out. And then he's just so special. The way that he cuts, he can shoot. He's always calm. He's always cool. He can defend. He's just the, – the angles that he finds to be able to shoot from are insane. He's, oh, he's so good. He's amazing. He's a wonderful person, um, wonderful player, wonderful teammate. And he's, he's so special. How has he improved over the last couple of years? Like, because I've seen a little bit of his uh, 905 play uh, and also saw a couple of videos where his shot looked like extremely pure. Like I'm, I'm, I'm talking like, you know, competing in the NBA three-point contest pure uh, on some of those videos. Like has his game improved over the last couple of years as you've, as you followed him? It's improved and he's also gotten the opportunity, you know, when he, before he was with the 905, he didn't really have the same opportunities that he had, you know, to start and to play big minutes and to be one of the primary ball handlers. So mm-hmm. to give him that opportunity and actually show people and show teams what he can do is 
amazing. Like he's born, he's born ready and he's always improving. Mm-hmm. Well, who are your top three 905 prospects right now? And consider O'Shea Brissett as part of that, uh, part of that crew, like who, and keep Chris Boucher out of it. Who okay. are your top three guys uh, in the 905 that you're like, these are ready. These are, I project them to be Raptors rotation players within the next one to two years. So Paul Watson Jr. was great. Justin Reyes is probably going to surprise anyone that watches the 905 because he didn't get a lot of playing time last year, but he he started to get more with injuries and stuff during the end of the season. And our last two games against the College Park Skyhawks, Justin carried both of them. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason they were able to win both was because of Reyes. So he's good. He's he's always ready to go. And Matt Morgan, he it was his rookie season, rookie point guard with the one of the most beautiful three point shots I've ever seen. And to have his like maturity at such a young age is something that's very unheard of. I think that he has the potential. He's almost got like a Goran Dragic mentality where you're like, what's this guy doing? And then he just stays flat the whole time, never gets up too high, never gets down too high. So I'd say Paul, Justin, and Matt. Um, if we want to go back, bring Justin Anderson back in before he got traded to mm-hmm. the Long Island Nets. Mm-hmm. Uh, bring him back. And I mean, you said only three, but I love them all. So... <laughs> Keep going. All right. That's 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 good. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm super excited about Paul Watson Jr. The more I look at him, the more I'm like, man, this guy's an NBA player. I don't know why he hasn't popped yet. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Hopefully we get to see him this year. Uh, Ke- Kelsey, thank you for, for coming on this morning. Uh, follow Kelsey at, uh, well, her Twitter handles in the YouTube show notes and follow her at Dishes and Dimes podcast and basketballnews.com, which is a wonderful website I was checking out this morning. Lots of good content there uh, from across the board. Definitely worth a, worth a stop in your morning uh, NBA tour, basketballnews.com and Dishes and Dimes podcast. Kelsey, thanks again. Thank you so much. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.